Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Search for Canda. I am your host, Jack Chambers-Ward, and welcome. If it's your first time listening, please do enjoy the show. If you've been here a long time, thank you so much for listening. This is going to be a fantastic episode. I'm talking to someone I really, really admire in the SEO industry, the one and only Hannah Butcher. Hannah has gone on quite a journey throughout her career, and to say the least, that is the topic of this week's show, in fact. Journeying from heads of department to managing director to freelancing and everything in between, Hannah and I are getting to talk about the tricky, wibbly-wobbly world that is SEO career paths, and I'm sure plenty of you will be able to relate to perhaps the less straightforward side of things when it comes to career paths in SEO. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really fantastic conversation, and look forward to that later on in the show after a word from our sponsors. first sponsor for this week's episode is also asked you can go to alsoask.com and check out this fantastic and unique intent research tool as we probably already know search intent is at the core of everything we do as seos even if you're not directly working in content understanding what your users are trying to achieve through their searches is still pretty important i think we can all agree on top of this, Google has told us that it takes up to nine searches for users to complete their goals. This could be a pretty hard picture to capture, to be honest, with traditional keyword research tools. So what if you could get hold of up-to-the-minute questions that users have asked that have been clustered by intent by Google themselves? Well, that's exactly what Also Asked actually does. Also Asked mines and organizes Google's People Also Asked data in real time, showing you the next most likely question your searchers are going to ask. Best of all, it's completely free. You don't even need to create an account to try out Also Asked. Of course, if you do find it useful, there are paid options as well. We have the free, we have the light, and we have the pro options in terms of accounts that you can subscribe to. At the touch of a button from these accounts, you can download not only the questions people are asking, but also the answers Google has selected, the website URLs, and the titles that are ranking for those answers as well. Also Asked has the world's only API for people also asked data, meaning you can combine this data you're pulling from whatever questions you're asking directly into tools. You can combine it with things like ChatGPT to really supercharge your content briefs and transform the way you write content at scale. Go to alsoasked.com and check out this fantastic intent research tool today. Our next sponsor is Core Updates. That is the latest newsletter from the one and only Mark Williams-Cook. You may know Mark from his unsolicited SEO tips and his appearances on this very show. He started this podcast, in fact, and is going to be my co-host every single month on our monthly news recap episodes. But if you just want a bit more Mark, you want all of his unsolicited SEO tips, get them actually solicited directly to your inbox every single week. You get the latest episode of this podcast. You get all of the latest SEO news and articles that Mark has selected and thinks are the things you should be paying attention to. All of that delivered to your inbox every single Monday. So if you want to get, like I said, Mark's usual recaps and stuff, it is one of the best places to go for the latest SEO news and pretty much what you can expect from the best in the industry when it comes to the articles and news that is going on, any updates from Google and all that kind of stuff. Go to coreupdates.com and sign up today to get SEO news, brand new episodes of this very podcast, and Mark's SEO tips delivered straight to your inbox. Coreupdates.com is the place to go. 
You may know this week's guest from speaking at Brighton SEO and quite a few different conferences around the UK, the wonderful Hannah Butcher. Welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me and uh, yeah, great introduction. It's been a little while since I've been on the stage. I think the last, <laughs> the last presentations I've been done have been like virtual ones. So yeah, um, I've applied to some, so let's see what happens this year. Fingers crossed for you, mate. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank but you. I've seen a few of your talks throughout the years. I really, really enjoyed it. It was really cool when you reached out and I was like, oh my God, I know who you are. This is really cool. It's really exciting to actually talk to you. So <laughs> it's been a cool kind of starting conversation with you because you came up with this idea for the topic for the podcast. And I always love it when a guest comes with a clear idea. It makes my job a little bit easier. And I think something I instantly related to and you used the term squiggly career paths in seo and I, I love that like phrase because it can mean so many things to so many different people and i think so many guests i've spoken to over the years have ended up in seo by accident or have gone an unusual way about it so i guess should we start off with why you thought that topic is uh something you wanted to talk about something you wanted to bring to the podcast and, and have a chat about yeah for sure so i think like as many people, I didn't plan on working in SEO. I didn't. <laughs> it's, like no, it's like no one did. It's an entire <laughs> industry of accidents. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I didn't even know what it was. Um, I did a I did a good degree in journalism at university, and my uh, one of my lecturers in my third year basically said, "Think of a plan B. Think of a plan C. Think of a plan D." <laughs> and he's like, "You're not going to get into journalism. There's no jobs. The money's terrible. So do something else." And um, I applied as a, a PPC uh, exec, like a graduate oh, wow. exec at an agency. <laughs> and they were like, no, you'd be terrible at this, but maybe you could try our SEO team instead. Um, <laughs> and ended up there. And that's how I got into SEO. And from then it's been, well, yeah, a bit of a roller coaster. I've been in-house agency side, um, B2C, B2B. Um, and I've been over all the different disciplines uh, of SEO as well. So I think I just wanted to kind of talk about it to make people feel like if they want to change their way in SEO or digital or whatever it is, even changing careers, it's okay. Um, yeah. And it's a model, but you make yourself, you make it through and you don't need to just be defined as as one thing. So even if you specialize in something, then um, yeah, there's, there's more, more out there and do it or do it on the side or anything so it's it's kind of just like a a gift to everyone else that i've been through it and i'm okay so everyone else can <laughs> to me if it's right for them exactly and like i said as soon as you mentioned it i instantly related to it myself coming from so i have a degree in astrophysics which is nothing to do with seo or anything that i've <laughs> ever done in my entire career i've never i've not touched physics since basically which is seemingly again kind of common i feel like of, of of us millennials having this like well i got a degree in something so i guess i go off and have a career in something completely different and then yep. had an equally kind of i guess i'll just find a job in marketing i think it was like my first job title out of university was like marketing and communications officer or something incredibly broad that also included fixing servers and and doing a bunch of it stuff because i was the nerdiest person in the room so therefore default tech guy right <laughs> and then yeah eventually ending up here at Canada where I podcast for a living is a whole other journey like happening kind of like parallel to my career if that makes sense so yeah I think it's a really interesting one I think a lot of people are going to relate to this and the kind of thinking and the amount of people I spoke to on the show speaking to at conferences even you know colleagues here at Canada and stuff like that it, do you think there's a particular reason why so many of us in 
SEO or digital marketing have these kind of unconventional career paths? Yeah, I guess a, a lot for me is probably because of uh, working in agencies. And I think that there's such a keenness, um, especially earlier on in your career, to progress in advance. And if you can't seem to do that where you are uh, at that time, it seems like a natural step to do it somewhere else. And so by all this kind of moving and around, it seems to just happen quite naturally. Um, but also, I guess the way that some companies are set up, they do require you to be a specialist in one area. And that's certainly been the case for me before, where I've gone down one discipline of, say, digital PR, content marketing, and that kind of thing. And then being like, oh, but now I kind of miss working on the technical side. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe I want to just like jump back into that a little bit. So for me, it's just been more about kind of wanting to like progress in my career, obviously, but also to just keep learning in different areas as well and not sort of neglecting uh, one area where I feel like it would make me stronger. Um, and just due to natural, I guess, the natural progression of agencies as well is the, obviously people moving into management positions and once you're sort of in a kind of manager role, then you become like a senior manager and it kind of spirals from there as well. So there's a lot of, um, I guess, progression, but yeah, obviously to the different disciplines as well. So it seems to happen quite naturally um, that maybe not so much as mine, which is involved like heads of like SEO content, <laughs> digital PR, um, being a managing director. Um, so yeah, all, all different, all different things really. Yeah. I think that's, there's definitely a pressure in the industry, I think. And there's something I talked about a long time ago with uh, Tom Marriott, the, the SEO punk. And it was talking about how he and I feel like we're kind of a dying breed of like digital marketing generalists. I'm not a particularly a content person. I'm not particularly a technical person. Like you said, I kind of want to keep my fingers in all the different pies, keep my toes in, in all the different doors and, you know, trying different things. And the pressure is always to specialize in one thing, like you said, to really again the, the pressure of progression and, and building your career and that whole hustle grind set thing that i do not aspire to at all whatsoever i hate i hate the the linkedin hustle bros <laughs> and that whole thing but i think there is definitely a pressure to be like oh i am a specialist in this specific type of seo or even like industries and stuff right i've seen agencies that work in just one particular agency and how true that is i'm i'm not so sure sometimes when when the when the uh purse strings are tight you might want to stretch out and see different things but i think there is definitely a pressure to progress quickly through specialization right and i think there is a an element of that of like oh you're seo so you're working on seo are you going to be technical are you going to do content you're going to do digital pr like you have to go into one or the other and it's nice talking to someone like yourself hannah who has done kind of everything at all different levels throughout your career and i love that kind of like different perspectives and, and getting that different approach and seeing the different sides of it because so many people i think if you specialize too early you can lose sight of the bigger picture right and not be able to understand when you come around to like yourself coming to a managing director role or, or a head of department role understanding then how you fit with the other departments or what they're doing having that previous experience then allows you to kind of understand it a bit more am I, am I right I know I'm just talking completely yeah like, yeah no oh, absolutely no not <laughs> no no you're right I mean at the moment like um I've been experiencing like working um kind of almost almost like project managing um uh, an SEO project which has involved obviously the content side your local SEO uh, the technical and um digital PR being like a bit of an issue in it because um 
because obviously people have like specialized in the other areas, but they haven't specialized in the digital PR, then asking someone to kind of flex and use some of the skills that they have uh, from say uh, data analysis to then look at something that's related to digital PR, say like a survey right, result, yeah. um, is actually quite difficult. And it's actually using the same um, thought kind of process. You're just looking at a set of data and you're trying to pull out something from it. Um, but because it's in digital PR, it's therefore, it's it's too scary to look at. I'm not a digital PR person, so I can't do that. Um, whereas <laughs> I look at it and I'm just like, oh, it's a data piece. Like, just do a bit of data analysis, see what you can find. Um, so, yeah, if you get kind of stuck into that discipline, it can almost make you a bit kind of like blind to everything else that's going on as well. And I do think if you work in SEO, a lot of people do actually have the skills to work across the different um, disciplines. Some people might be more creative than others obviously, but um, the kind of core building box there, uh, I think everyone's got it in them. Um, but yeah, it's just being a little bit more flexible and just trying out some different things and seeing what works. Yeah, definitely. I found that myself, like like I said, coming from the physics background, I'm, I'm very good at maths and stuff. You are spot on with that. Going for a data-driven approach of like, oh, I'm good with data. I can kind of come up with some ideas for data stuff, for digital PR. Like I have no idea how to like how to contact journalists or how to write an outreach email or any of that kind of stuff but you're totally right that you can adapt those skills in different ways and whether you've learned something from a completely a completely non-marketing job you worked in a supermarket somewhere but you learned something or worked on a farm somewhere and worked a skill or whatever there are so many like adaptable skills that i think you're absolutely spot on are more adaptable than you think when when you actually like yourself get somebody who can then kind of understand and, and manage you and be like well actually i think this person is really good at this skill and that can be used in this to fill this gap in this team to help this out and and that sort of thing that's a huge part of managing teams and understanding strengths and weaknesses and stuff right that's that whole journey for i know a lot of people go through that especially earlier on in their career of like what am i gonna be good at what am i bad at where are my strengths but understanding where your strengths can be used outside of the box is a really really cool way of doing it as well yeah and i'm finding that there's like more of a, a gulf between the disciplines in seo now as well mm. like if you're talking about seo like you'd say seo like i'm an seo but like if you work specifically in digital pr you'd probably say like i work in digital pr but really a lot of the people who are working in digital pr are just doing an extension of an seo campaign and it's just making these things like completely separate to each other just bring them back together because they all work better together <laughs> um so yeah i think just like obviously uh in the past like i've been what i say it works as a head of content and then uh my like line manager at the time was like hmm, well you're already working in content so maybe you could also just take the pr and we'll just shove them together and we'll just do like a digital uh, PR and content role and like this is how I've ended up doing these things it's not through one it's just through <laughs> like being given the responsibility and then having to figure it out on the fly and I think that's that's true for like a lot of what I've done um in my career is just kind of figuring things out as I go um so yeah it's just kind of like staying busy and staying curious I think have been like the key uh the key areas for like my career growth so far um but yeah at the moment like I'm, I'm freelancing now um and obviously having to bring like a load of different skills from all of the different things that I've done over the years. So if I had to distill what I do into one sentence, it's really hard because like, I'm like, well, I actually kind of <laughs> like doing everything. And so since like, what am I? I'm a freelance marketer. What does that involve? I don't know. What do you want me to do? And I'll do it. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of where I'm at now when it's actually quite freeing uh, in a way to not have to put a label on everything that I do. Um, because I'm like, if I want to do it, I'll do it. And if I don't want to do it, I, I don't have to. 
<laughs> I think that's a that's a huge power of being a freelancer, right? Having that again, the adaptability to to shift around. So, have you found so far? I know you're very early in the stages here. I'm going to ask you a big question, <laughs> but have you found the kind of freedom to pick and choose really help you to then work out where to best apply those skills? So, like, oh, this this client is asking for technical SEO but what they actually probably need is digital PR help or they, they actually need links and they haven't even realized it yet and, and that sort of thing having that kind of bigger picture plan then allows you to help those clients in different ways right yeah that's it I mean obviously it's early days as a, as a freelancer for now but I certainly see people requesting things that are like two steps ahead of where they should be um, and just <laughs> needing to kind of focus on the fundamentals first so that's obviously where we go back to it's like well you can't really uh, do this unless you do like this first because you know, you can't like publish like um, like LinkedIn content uh, which is supposed to be based on something that you've already written in the past if you haven't written the thing that you needed to write about in the first place <laughs> like maybe do that first and then you can start talking about it and um, so yeah but I've certainly seen that from the sales process like I've worked really heavily um, like obviously in the MD position I was working really heavily in sales and a lot of um, other briefs that you get from lots of brands um, asking for one thing when you when you know desperately that something else would benefit them, and um, so I think it would be like a disservice to not obviously present back what what they need rather than just what they want, and and then obviously you find that they'll work with someone else and maybe it won't work. But yeah, I always try and do the right thing, and um, and then yeah, certainly like if someone's just coming asking for for links, you have then have to kind of figure out like well. It's actually going to make a difference for you in terms of results. Like, mm. what are selling with your competitors? Um, how far away are they from you? Um, like, what's what's going to be the benefit of this? And just doing like um, vanity campaigns isn't obviously going to make much of a difference. So, yeah, being able to obviously draw on a lot of those experiences to try and provide the right kind of consultancy and guidance for companies, which I hope has been valuable. Not everyone listens, but um, they never do. Of course, I think that's going to be true. Whether you're agency, in-house, freelance, whatever you do, you're going to find people who won't listen. <laughs> and like you said, you're going to find people who are trying to be two or three steps ahead of where they actually are now. And I think we can everybody listening and watching can probably relate to that for sure. And I think it's a it's a really interesting way of looking at it where you can take individual bits. I, I don't know if you found this, but I've spoken to freelancers who have like oh, they are my digital PR client, they are my technical client, they are my content client or whatever. And they find almost like separating it out being another benefit there as well, where you can kind of divide it and be like, all my technical focus is on this particular site or this particular group of sites, whatever it is. But then I know other people who have like one or two big clients where they do absolutely everything. And you are the the one person marketing machine behind the whole thing essentially uh do, do you have any thought of like thoughts about the the positives and negatives behind those kind of approaches yeah i think i'm probably the same to be honest and i actually kind of have both um so i am probably yeah i think it's uh obviously when someone has the expertise already in-house for um like multiple areas and then they just employ yeah. you to do one thing it makes sense this is how i've ended up like ghost writing for people on um, on linkedin it's not something I advertise or it's, you know, I've never written it down. Like I do this. Um, but obviously when, when someone sort of relies on you and then they tell someone else, so I've ended up becoming like a ghost writer for some reason. Um, and that, that's obviously very, very niche. Um, but then for others, I will do like an entire marketing strategy for them. Like what, are, like the first thing I would do if someone came to me, um, and said like, you know, what should we do for the marketing? It's obviously what are you doing at the moment? What's working? What's not? And then figuring out a strategy from there. So that's, 
that's kind of probably where I get most of my enjoyment is doing that because it, it just having the ability to go in and just like just criticize everything that's wrong is a, is an amazing <laughs> thing. Like you gotta you gotta like <laughs> le, like unleash that somewhere, right? So you might as well do it for something that's like productive. Um, so yeah, just basically going in and slating everything and starting from scratch is is where I get my energy from. Um, but yeah, obviously everything else pays the bills. So <laughs> you gotta have a balance. So- We've got introverts, we've got extroverts, and then people that get their energy from just tearing stuff down and and <laughs> starting yeah, from scratch. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Third category me. nobody talks about. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's a it's a cool way of looking at it because it allows you to then kind of not get bogged down. I know it's something we we briefly talked about before we started recording was keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting is such a big part for so many people working in marketing, and I know me being uh, ADHD diagnosed I know you're neurodivergent as well Hannah like talking about that kind of side of it I know I've spoken to so many other neurodivergent marketers and SEOs and things like that being able to either work in an agency or freelance or whatever it is to be able to do loads of different things and keep things interesting so you're not just like well I'm doing the same content brief I've done for the last six years and now I want to just just quit and run away or whatever like having that freshness and adaptability i think is a huge factor for why i enjoy agency work so much and now my role has shifted more recently into more internal kind of stuff so i'm still doing a little bit of client work but i'm now doing a lot of like partnership stuff for it here at canada so really kind of like almost two separate jobs happening at once but kind of trying to balance them have you found that in your journey that it's that's been part of that motivation to like you said, even if you're not looking for it, somebody goes, hey, you're good at content. Why don't you do digital PR as well? I was like, actually, yeah, I would like to do that. That sounds like fun. Let's try something new. Let's try something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And in, in my last role, I was um, doing a lot of like um, client services, which I would say I'm really good at. Like, you know, I'm humble, whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm actually, actually, yeah, yeah, humble brag. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm good at it. And um, I find it interesting and it's rewarding. But it doesn't always give me the, like the level of energy that I would do from doing some other things as well. So, um, you know, it's 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 fine and it's okay and I would do it. Um, but then adding layers on top um, of that and doing different tasks makes my general working more rewarding. I would say so. Um, like on top of that, doing some like marketing areas. So um, often like doing award entries uh, and things like that. Mm. And I've been looking after like a B Corp um, accreditation as well. So all of these different things, just adding like different layers onto a job role, um, I found was like more rewarding from me. And because I'm autistic ADHD, again, I have that thing where I need to have some variation in what I'm doing to keep it interesting and to stay motivated. Because otherwise it's just like another day same things as usual and um, you just kind of fall into a pattern and it's really hard to get energy um, in that way especially with ADHD so yeah just like something to keep me like interested in and motivated <laughs> is really helpful so regardless of what job I've done I've always taken on like extra responsibilities um, whether they're internal or like outside of the business as well so like during um, COVID I just decided like oh I could be a volunteer vaccinator for the for the COVID jab oh, so wow. I went away did the training and on the side, like I took some volunteer days from work and I vaccinated everyone, including my husband, um, which I'm sure was <laughs> terrifying for him, for me to put a needle in his arm. But um, yeah, just, uh, just yeah, I'd like to keep busy, like to keep learning. So 
um it's not always necessarily marketing related either like last year i went ahead and did a um personal training qualification just on the side just because i wanted to um so i'm also now officially a pt as well amazing so if i need any vaccinations personal training digital pr tech seo basically anything at this point it feels like <laughs> Is counseling there anything you skills coaching um there you go <laughs> yes yeah, so i play volleyball i can't do that <laughs> Uh, funnily enough I, I can definitely relate to the uh having your wife stick a needle around because my wife's a nurse so yeah I, I, she had to uh pull a splinter out of my thumb a few months ago and it, I'm deathly afraid of needles and I w- was thoroughly traumatized so yeah I, can I would say marginally to... more qualified than my day of training right? so um <laughs> The first time I had to give the injection to someone, I was like, I don't know if I've had enough training for this, but you just get into the swing of it. It's all good. <laughs> I think getting into the swing of it is kind of the, she would almost be like the subtitle of this episode, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also just to say, I'm also scared of needles, so I have no idea why I ended up doing a vaccination. So, I... <laughs> Yeah, that that that's another whole other, that's a whole counselling session, it feels like. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't receive needles i can't give needles i can't can't handle them at all i keep saying oh yeah i really want to get a bunch of tattoos and i have got zero because i'm still definitely afraid out, of out, out comes the sharpie you know just in case yeah exactly get one of those like transfer sets from like the 90s or something i'm sure i'll be fine you'd be set <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know we're talking about the kind of motivation behind it all as well have there been kind of the, the less positive side of things where you needed to change i know a lot of people talk about uh the experience of going freelance because they couldn't handle the the agency side of things or company culture changed or they just didn't fit in or they have moved to a different agency because of that do you think that has been a a part of your your journey as well not to again not to turn this into a counseling session or anything (laughs) yeah i was gonna say this could be a whole session in itself but um (laughs) yes yes it really it really has done and um like i've been quite open i think in the industry with um things that i have struggled with previously so um postnatal depression uh, anxiety um obviously those being a factor but also um being diagnosed uh as an adult placebo autism adhd as well um has had like a massive impact on um on my career and those things at different times having an impact and obviously if you've got so much pressure coming from one area of your role and you've got this external pressure as well the natural thing to do is to change your situation so um yeah for certain like um you know even when I became pregnant um I told my line manager at that time um that I was expecting a baby and he swore um and that um great. that was That's it exactly the no, supportive yeah great yeah oh, thanks so, so much. yeah no, no congratulations <laughs> so um i didn't i didn't go back there um after my paternity leave uh, ended obviously because i was like well why would i go back to a company that doesn't like support people from having babies um and yeah i found that really strange and obviously there's been toxic cultures um throughout the years uh with people uh in agencies obviously having kind of favor with management um, and people being overlooked for roles and kind of like on a moral basis as well like if you know that people are due to be made redundant and you don't want them to be like I've mm-hmm. put myself on the line and, and taken and I've had it in my notice rather than um, other people sort of losing their jobs and um, so yeah there's been a, a lot of I mean agency life is wild and um, it's great it's rewarding but there's also the downsides to that as well and I've been working in agencies 
mostly since 2009. So I've obviously had a lot of experiences over those years um, and learnings from those as well. So yeah, I think most recently stepping down as managing director was definitely the right step for me at that time. I found um, because the role encompasses so many different areas, everyone needs you for something. Um, Mm. Obviously, if it's not a great time for you on a personal level, then how can you Mm. give so much to everyone else as well? So it was just becoming a burden. And I was like, look, I I just realized at this point, I need to just not do this role anymore because it's just impacting me um, really negatively on my health. So um, I hope that I made the brave decision um, to sort of say, like, I can't I can't do this anymore. Um, And that's why I moved into client servicing as well, which was a lot more nurturing and a lot more calm. yeah, and, and less less people wanting something. Obviously, lots of lots of clients <laughs> still wanting things, but less less internal pressure as well. And then, yeah, so I think like you know, my message to anyone else who's struggling in their role because of those pressures, it's like, you know, it will feel really difficult at the time to make that decision, um, but it will work out okay. Um, and your health is more important uh, longer term. Yeah, you you've credit to you for doing that and taking that step and prioritizing yourself and your family and your health and that because i think that is such a such a difficult decision for anyone to like we said earlier like the the traditional career path of like oh you start off in the the real kind of thick of it and as a on the ground kind of executive or whatever and you work your way up work your way eventually you become director and then mission accomplished problem solved retire you know become a millionaire whatever but actually, I feel like not many people actually talk about the pressures of having that higher level, like you said, the internal pressures as well, because I think a lot of us working in agencies are used to dealing with difficult clients or having those kind of conversations, whether you're, like you said, in the in the client communication side of things, the account management side of things, or you're just doing the work and stuff, you have to have those conversations. But internally is such a a different pressure, right? I, I think you're, you're so right on with that that it's something not a lot of people talk about and not a kind of typical journey that so many people talk about when it comes to you know like i said that kind of mission accomplished my five-year goal or whatever people do for their careers i'm terrible at that for the record hello hello adhd i don't plan in advance (laughs) me neither i I don't know what i'm doing like next week let alone five (laughs) years from now but uh but i think that's a it's a really interesting thing to kind of talk about because i think a lot of people probably have gone on that process before but don't talk about it and it is so less common than somebody we're working up being you know like i said the the executive and then the manager and then senior manager and then director and then ta-da there's your career for the next 20 years or whatever it is so what was that kind of process like for you to think about like did you ever think you'd get into the director role let alone then coming around and, and then coming back around to actually I want to work freelance and and I guess from that did you have experience doing kind of freelance stuff beforehand or was it a real like jump in with both feet and see what happens kind of thing yeah yeah so I have freelanced like a couple of times in my career previously and like I think the first time I was just doing freelance copywriting and again it's because I was working in a company that was just incredibly toxic at that time mm. um like from the top down and it was just somewhere that I wasn't comfortable working so I thought like I'd rather just do it on my own um but I had massively like undercharged uh clients my services and like it was just so busy to just 
just keep churning out content for like basically no money um but it did its job for the time it got me out of an environment I wasn't willing to be in and obviously after that I went back into an employment um and I did it again um like a few years ago again when my daughter was born obviously I told you I didn't go back to where I was working like prior to um, maternity because um they just weren't welcoming so that people were having babies um which I find really weird. And I think I think we've made some some changes since then in the industry. It feels like things have got better. So, Hopefully, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like very, very slow. Sometimes we'll get a little setback, but I think, yeah, I know you've been in the industry longer than I have, you know, know this far better than I, especially as a, as a woman in the industry as well. Like, we're making some progress, right? Hopefully, oh. you know, we're becoming a bit more diverse and inclusive and accepting and stuff, like fingers crossed <laughs> yeah like yeah in the right direction <laughs> but like for me i would hate that people would have to pick like um to have a family or to work like that absolutely should be both um so like that would be obviously one reason like my career has changed around is because it wasn't okay apparently um so yeah that's obviously why i ended up freelancing at that point but yeah i have seen a lot more companies having more inclusive like maternity and paternity um adoption policies as well so and mm, um, yeah. yeah i just think you know embrace people who have lives outside of work <laughs> um <laughs> yeah um so yeah yeah obviously yeah i've done it a few times as well and i think in terms of like the pressures involved with that role like i never envisaged like becoming the managing director um and I think it like obviously you just kind of ended up on my plate and I was like really happy with the promotion, obviously as you would be. Um and I did really enjoy certain areas of that as well. As that I kinda of like to meddle in all areas. So it does give you that ability to do that. But it you know, having a structure to make sure that you have support is also really important and making sure like the right people are in the right job roles as well. So in some scenario I'm sure it would fit. Um it was just that, you know, at that time with what was going on in my kind of personal life as well um and dealing with a sort of anxiety and depression like it just it just it just didn't fit it was just too much it was just like you know you've got this much energy and it was like taking that much <laughs> from me so yeah um from that reason I had to sort of step down but I think a lot of people don't think about how pressured those job roles are because you know when you're kind of working day to day as you said it's just looking at your clients and keeping them happy what are the results looking like but when you move into like a director role like that you're really looking at budgets um and your profit your revenue um and obviously you've got a headcount to look after and then suddenly you're responsible for all the people in the company and their kind of salaries and their well-being and everything that they're getting is kind of perks and benefits and rewards um and yeah obviously that 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 pressure of having to look after everyone and all of their problems as well um Mm. is is a lot is a lot for one person to deal with so yeah it is a really challenging job and some people are more natural at it than others but you'll notice that a lot of leaders have little like they'll help groups where they go and talk to other (laughs) leaders because they can all talk about this stuff together um so i don't think anyone kind of does everything by themselves because it's just impossible so it's just it's just making sure that you have a support network of people that can kind of relate to what you're going through yeah that i think that support network is so important no matter where you are but especially when the pressure gets high and when you get into those roles i think there's the i don't know if this is true but there's the kind of like every therapist has a therapist kind of thing where like if you have to take on other people's worries and burdens and help them get through that 
that is a weight on your shoulders as well, right? That is a thing you then have to deal with. So you then need a way to, like you said, balance out and be able to unload and, and kind of recover from that as well. And I know I'm not particularly made out for leadership roles. I, I've been in kind of like managerial roles, never gone as high as director, uh, but kind of like, I never find myself as very much of like a driving assertive kind of leader type. I'm, I'm far, far too laid back and far too, far too squiggly if we're going to keep using that phrase for that kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting thing where, like I said, I think so much of the pressure in, especially in marketing, but in industries in general, if you're in a, a kind of that kind of industry, this kind of marketing, public facing client facing kind of thing, you have to, start your own company or be a founder i know i always take the piss out of the hustle bros on linkedin basically every <laughs> chance i get but there is always that you know i started my own company and now i make ten thousand pounds a minute in pa passive income or whatever the hell they're talking about it's like and here i am struggling you know nine to five trying to get all my work done and not making ten thousand pounds a minute or whatever it is but i find that stuff so <sighs> I want a better phrase toxic where it builds that pressure up even if you're not an active participant in that you are constantly seeing it on social media and seeing obviously we know the filter of social media is people only present their best bits and so many people will just you know be like oh look at all this money i've made ignoring the fact that like you said they've probably sacrificed their family or their friends or whatever it is to get to that process but don't worry i'm making loads of money everything's fine and like i said huge credit to you for understanding like where that balance is and 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 taking that chance to be like actually no family work-life balance my mental health my health my all this kind of stuff is hugely important because it is like <laughs> i feel like it doesn't need to be said but it does kind of need to be said right <laughs> it, it does yeah i mean that's it like you can only you can only keep doing something for so long uh outside the boundaries of like your your capabilities and your energy levels and um, yeah, so I think some people will end up naturally having a squiggly career because of these external pressures, as you talk about seeing people saying like they're making X amount doing this or, um, particularly on LinkedIn, uh, or that rubbish and like people <laughs> feeling like they need to, um, that's like something that they aspire to because that feels like the standard of what they should be achieving. So people feeling like that, um, they're not achieving in their current job roles and needing to do more, but some of the most successful people I know in the SEO industry have just kind of accepted, like, I'm good at what I'm doing right now, and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and stay, like, low low profile. Um, and, and they're some of the most successful SEOs that I know. And, you know, you wouldn't know about them in the industry because they just kind of just do their work <laughs> and then crack yeah. on. And then, yeah, they're definitely not the people that are posting this, this rubbish um, on, on social <laughs> media, for sure. Um, so yeah, maybe I, maybe I got pulled into some of those directions um, at some point earlier on in my career, certainly trying to achieve like a higher salary, for example. But to be honest, when I started, salaries were pittance. I think I started on £15,500 um, in my first agency position. Um, and then I got a pay rise of £250. So there was a natural, <laughs> a natural need how, at that how, point. Much, how much is that per month after tax? Like 15 nothing. Point or something? Like nothing. <laughs> nothing. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at that point, like, that actually did force me to, to move around or at least have the, the threat of moving to a different job just to get um, a salary increase because, like, come on, people, we need to pay our bills here. Um, 
So if that isn't going to happen, then you obviously do need to move. And then you get people saying, oh, but when you move around, your CV looks really bad. And oh, this person's changed job this many times. So I know people stuck in their jobs in SEO who are like too scared to leave because like someone might yeah, like do their, their CV negatively. But like I always just read a CV that comes to me with completely open eyes. Like I don't care what they've done before. I just want to know what they're going to do like now. Um so if people do have that fear and they are stuck in their jobs because they think that their CV is going to be impacted, it's like, don't stay in a toxic job um, just because of your CV. Like someone will find you in the right company and it's just about finding the, the place that fits. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something you're going to, I know you're going to part of the uh, series with Neurodivergence and SEO talking about interview skills and all that kind of stuff. I think it's something that is hugely underrated and, and by the time this episode comes out that would have been a couple of weeks ago folks so we're, we're recording this in advance time is a flat circle etc etc but yeah it's <laughs> a, it's a really interesting thing where you get that kind of like you said that that cv that jumps about a lot and that is something i think you're you hit the nail on the head where so many people are afraid to oh you've had five different jobs in three years that shows a lack of commitment and a lack of loyalty and all this kind of stuff or actually, you're trying to find the right thing that you want to commit to and you want to be loyal to. Once you find that right company, like, for example, uh, my previous agency tried to keep me when I was going to be moving here to Canada and they offered me, they almost doubled my salary in the space of like 72 hours because much like you were just saying there, Hannah, I was massively underpaid for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was basically doing a bit of everything and fairly quickly became one of the more senior members of the marketing team. And was still on the same salary I had when I joined like a year and a half, two years earlier. And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, by the way, I've, I've got this offer. I'm going to go work for Canada. And they're like, oh, we, you know, we could pay you like basically double your salary, right? And I'm like, well, okay. Why haven't we had this conversation like six months ago then? Like, where, where was this conversation? And I, I was conscious of that of like, should I stick around in this job, you know, see how it goes, get paid a bit more and all this kind of stuff. But, Funny enough, when I was in the interview with Mark and, and having the conversation to, to work here at Canada, I saw board games in the office behind, like, over Mark's shoulder. And I was like, mm, this is my kind of people. These are these are the nerds I want to work with. Like, <laughs> this is my vibe. And I'd already had, like, kind of uh, weird vibes. It was a lot more kind of hustle bro culture in the, in, in the previous industry, a lot more laddie for want of a better phrase and i don't know if you've ever listened to the show before folks i am not a lad i am a, a <laughs> dork who who is not into any of that sort of stuff um and it, it was kind of like a, a fairly easy easy decision despite the disparity in pay for me to be like i think this is the right move for me i'm kind of miserable in my job at the moment but like this is still a step up in pay from what i was getting paid even though they're offering me a new ridiculous out of nowhere salary that seems to have just been pulled out of thin air and i had that whole conversation where i've been podcasting longer than i'm an seo really i'm a podcaster who does seo rather than seo that does podcasting because i've been podcasting since i was a university like 13 14 years now so i was kind of like okay i know there is an opportunity to be part of the search with canada podcast which i'd already been listening to i was like i know I, I know Mark's vibe as a host of the podcast. I'm aware of Canada as a company, all this kind of stuff. And suddenly my boss at the previous agency was like, we could start a new podcast and you can become head of the podcast no. thing. I'm like, <laughs> you're just, you're just making that up for you. You don't, you're not going to commit to that. There's no actual like incentive for you to do that. Like where is this all coming from? Whereas knowing that Canada already had that kind of 
thought and process and had it seems silly but like the equipment to do it and all that kind of stuff already set up was such a made the decision so much easier for me even though it was like having a chat with my wife and like by the way i'm turning down like a seven grand rise in in pay for like Ugh, that's not ideal we do need to buy a house and get married soon this is before we were married and i was like well we'll get there we'll be fine <laughs> and we were and everything worked exactly out. <laughs> exactly yeah i've seen yeah i think as well like i've seen some people um in like more digital pr um changing job roles and being quite open like saying that they started working in a company and not being the right fit um and uh, i really respect people that can make that decision even if it's you know one month two months down the line when people are sort of made a decision to join somewhere and it's not the right fit um being brave enough to be like okay right well this isn't the right place for me so i'm not going to keep working here um and i think that's it probation periods are designed to be um both for the employer and the employee so yes, it's not just yes. a case of like i must do my best in this probation period so i pass my probation it's also a chance for you to get to know the company that you're um going to work with and do you want to work for them long term um <laughs> as well so i've definitely left um in jobs in my probation period like there was one agency in manchester i won't name but um yeah horrible place i mean <laughs> can i say that it's fine um i mean even <laughs> even people uh like when they were eating lunch they were just like really cliquey they just didn't invite anyone to sit with them you think someone joins that, the team that that, um, that sounds familiar yes <laughs> yeah just come come sit with us you know there was none of that it yeah. was like a terrifying place to work i was like i'm not staying here these people are not welcoming at all um and yeah so just having the opportunity to kind of go in and, and see the vibe is really important so i'm really glad for you that you managed to kind of figure out that and it was the right place before you before you moved yeah. there but not everyone's always that lucky to be able to kind of to see that um but yeah definitely shouldn't shouldn't stay in the role um if you find out that it's a horrible place when you step in the door or online whatever we do these days yeah. um that's such a powerful reframing of the probation period i think like that is something i definitely only very recently realized is you're totally right it's a probation period for you and the employer as well because it, it does feel like such a i don't know like the, again we can keep coming back around to the word pressure like the pressure from the employer they're going to be scrutinizing you and if you make one mistake you're gone and you're going to be out on the streets with no home and no job and all this kind of stuff there's all the pressure on you but actually you're totally right and and kind of rethinking and reframing that as actually this is a way for you to test them out as well and see whether you like the kind of did they missell you the job like like i was kind of just saying like yeah we'll start a whole new department for you everything will be fine and i was like mm, i'm pretty skeptical <laughs> of that i'm not sure and i've uh, i think digital pr is a really interesting thing to touch on there because i've worked with people and currently work with people who have been totally missold digital pr things where oh it turns out you know yeah it's great we have all these things don't worry we have a pool table everything's fine that's the definition of our company culture is we have a pool table and pizzas every second friday of the month or whatever and that's all you get and then it's actually gone from like you know like you said the the kind of ethical journalism side of things and building relationships and all the good stuff of pr to just you need to build a hundred links this month or you're gone you need is just a number driven points driven thing and if you don't do that then you know it's entirely driven by the numbers rather than actually kind of going about it in a more holistic proper way and the job was sold as like yeah everything's fine everything's great because nobody 
hiring somebody is going to be like oh yeah by the way it's super high stress and and it's it's going to be horrible and if you don't do this then you're gone within the first we have loads of people who don't even last two weeks mate honestly it's crazy like no no recruiter is going to say that but when you get in that job you can actually understand oh oh this is not what i thought it was at all they've totally missold this to me <laughs> yeah yeah you're right it does happen a lot in digital pr and um it's Gary that a lot of the people that it happens to are at the exact level as well. So these people come in, um, maybe they've just graduated or come from a different industry or whatever it is and come through the door and then suddenly they have all of these pressures thrown on them. It's 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 too much. Um too much for even like the most senior people to manage because yeah. like, well, no one likes a link target. They're horrible, it's too stressful. Um <laughs> Like, yeah, I think um, luckily we work in, I would say the community in our industry for the most part is actually really nurturing. So I think if you do see stories from someone who's been really open, like, oh, I tried to work in this company, it hasn't worked out, I'm really scared now, I don't have a job. Like you'll see people rallying around and just giving them all the support in the world to be able to find somewhere that's right for them. And I think like if you've helped anyone, anyone like before to try and get a job in the industry, kudos, because it means a lot to people. Um, and just people being stuck in the wrong roles is is very sad. Um, but yeah, always support people where you can, or just point people in the right direction. Um, because yeah, it, it, you know, you just there's going to be a lot of people in the industry even right now just listening to this podcast who may be stuck in a toxic job and just worried about being able to pay bills, especially with like the cost cost of living at the moment. Um, so it's not as easy to say yeah, just just leave. It's fine. Everything will be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you, you, <laughs> use the community, I guess, to just make make it right because um yeah there were there are definitely people out there who are always willing to help um others in the industry and i've i've, I've received support from people over the years and um try and give back uh in my own way to people whenever possible as well even if it's just like oh look this freelancer would be perfect for this job or um this person's just come out of a role like they would be perfect for this so if, if everyone could do a bit more of that then people wouldn't be so scared of leaving their jobs a hundred percent yeah you're you're totally right i think that is something i've really noticed again coming from the previous agency to to where i'm now two and a half years later at canda the industry is so much more open and welcoming than i was led to believe because again my previous agency was very isolated and very like oh no we're we're in competition with everyone else we need to do our own thing and not talk to anyone else because they'll steal our clients and all this kind of stuff like actually no there are plenty of ways you can recommend freelancers without losing your own clients actually no i'm not the best person for this job i think hannah would be a much better option here's you know here's hannah's linkedin here's her email whatever like passing it on i think that's as much as i talked a lot of crap about linkedin and, <laughs> and social media earlier i think that is a huge boon and a credit to the community of how many people will go out of their way i know there's been a lot of layoffs and stuff recently in a lot of tech industries and i've seen so many people rallying around those people being like hey i work in this industry i've worked with these people go and hire jack hannah blah 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 they're they've recently been laid off from this i've worked for them they're great and almost like you get the like lists of names on linkedin of like hey if you're looking for this kind of thing if you're looking for this kind of thing similar on twitter you get groups where you'll you'll kind of get those positive like you said support networks of oh no actually and even slack things like women in tech seo or neurodivergence and seo the uh, noah learners seo community like so many different options there for places where there's job boards and job postings and ask for advice sections and all kinds of stuff where you can just be like hey what's going on i know that's something particularly sarah she's been the driving force behind it so 
credit to Sarah Pressin. I'm I take no credit for this, but the the series you're working with us, uh, Hannah, with with the webinar side of things with neurodivergence and SEO, like understanding jobs and situations and all that kind of stuff, especially as neurodivergent people, because hey, everything is an is an extra step or two or sometimes fifteen <laughs> when you're neurodivergent. So yep. have having that process and like I was saying, like sticking in a job because you know oh well i found a job now and i need to stick to it again as you said cost of living crisis all this kind of stuff i feel lucky to have a job at all that is able to pay my bills and stuff but understanding that there are other options out there and i know i've been totally guilty of sticking with jobs longer than i should have like i worked in a job i didn't really like for like my entire 20s basically and I really could have been doing other cool, interesting things and probably should have been. But out of loyalty and out of just like, well, I've got a job and I guess I'll stick with it and see where it goes kind of thing. I just kind of stuck around for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. But some of those negative experiences, I think, um, they do teach you as well. Oh, so definitely. I'm not, yeah, yeah. you know, well, well, I wouldn't advocate people kind of staying in toxic jobs. Obviously, you will probably, and most people will be able to look over their career history and be like mm, that place wasn't so great and, and know the reasons <laughs> and why um but it also means that you're able to make better decisions in the future as well i think when i was managing director um i brought in a number of neurodivergent individuals into the company because obviously they saw that there was like someone who was neurodivergent like leading the business um and just being able to bring in some things that would make people feel comfortable in that environment it wasn't necessarily my goal to just like bring in neurodivergent people they just naturally came because they were like oh well hold on i know you and what you're doing <laughs> sounds good so like this is a place that i would like to work and i think um i'd learned from other jobs in the past that weren't nurturing or accommodating in any ways and i just wanted to make sure that when i was doing things it wasn't gonna be like a a copy of what I had experienced in the past that was like bad. Um, so yeah, I think just drawing on some of those negative experiences can make you a better um, person, whether it's just in the day to day role or just being a better human as well. So yeah, you, you have to learn from the negative side um, and then use them as anecdotes for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a learning experience and or an anecdote on a podcast somewhere down exactly. the line. <laughs> I think that might be the, the perfect note to wrap it up on. <laughs> if, if that's not the perfect bow on the end of a podcast episode, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh, it's been great fun. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I've, I've followed for a long time. It's really cool to actually sit down. I think we've been in like similar rooms and similar conferences and been around in similar spaces, but never actually sat down and have a conversation. So it's been, it's been really nice to actually kind of pick your brains and understand your experiences a lot more and all that kind of stuff so thank you so much for coming on and if the listeners would like to follow you and in your journey wherever your squiggly career path may lead to next how can they do that across various different social media places and websites and things like that yeah so i'm still on twitter x whatever you want to call it um <laughs> yeah hannah butcher um and i'm on linkedin as well um and always welcome any emails um do my freelance business which is agency angel and you can find that online 
Lovely. All links for that stuff will be in the show notes, of course. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the video description. If you're listening on the podcast, you can find them in the little show notes just below here. So go and click that. Go and follow Hannah. Like I said, huge recommended follow from me. So go and check out what Hannah's up to and uh, get some good, honest, cool neurodivergent advice and all kinds of career things and fun SEO stuff. And hopefully some more talks from you soon as well. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes. My my talks in the future are hopefully going to be all about unmasking uh, in neurodivergence, which is I'm trying to learn from my own talks I did about two, three years ago on neurodivergence, and I'm trying to move myself um, a little bit forward with what I communicate um, about disabilities as well. So watch this space. Amazing. Stay tuned for that, listeners. And thank you so much for joining me, Anna. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to sit down and have a chat. That's great. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Hannah for being a fantastic guest and being super open and honest and just willing to talk about everything, about the the little details and the strange things that happened throughout <laughs> SEO careers throughout the years. If this is your first time listening and watching, please do subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, depending on where you're experiencing this. Of course, give us a like, the comments, all that kind of stuff that you're supposed to do on YouTube to help us grow and reach more people and, and spread the word of Search with Canada. And hopefully you found this information and this conversation useful enough that you should share it around with your fellows in the digital marketing world. If you do, please do tag us on all the usual social media places. Of course, links for everything will be in the show notes down below if you want to tag us or follow Hannah or go to any of the resources we mentioned throughout the episode as well. Everything will be linked there. Or you can go to search.withcanda.co.uk and find the links for everything there as well, as well as all the different versions, the audio, the video, all that kind of stuff for the episode there as well. I'll be back next week with the one and only Mark Williams-Cook. We're going to be doing our monthly recap series, the core updates of February, and talk about the month that was, basically, and talk about the lots of stuff that's been happening in February in SEO. There's going to be some hot takes. There's going to be some controversy, I think. Google has been up to no good once again. So <laughs> plenty of things to talk about next week when Mark and I are back in the studio. So look forward to that. Of course, coming up in the next few weeks, I have some amazing guests, including Gus Poloja talking all about the Digital Markets Act, something that I think a lot of people are talking about at the moment. And Gus has done some fantastic research. And I can't wait to talk through that with Gus and, and dive into his insights and his thoughts on all of his research about that. Gus is a super smart guy and it is a really, really unique and interesting topic that I think not that many people are fully aware of so stay tuned for that in a couple of weeks as well in the meantime like I said thanks so much for listening and have a lovely week <laughs>